0: welcome to the muckle teal football show the season has kicked off 2021 what an opener what an opener it's unbelievable tom brady and the buccaneers defeat The Dallas Cowboys. What if Joe Namath threw for 380 yards and four touchdowns in 1986? What if Terry Bradshaw, 380 yards, 1993 season opener? Or Joe Montana, four touchdowns in the 2000 football season. Dan Marino, 2005. That is what's happening. That is what happened. It's 2021. Tom Brady is still here. He's opening 2021 with a game winning drive. Now, everyone thought this was going to be a blowout. It's a great Thursday night opener. Absolutely fantastic. Dallas, they stayed in the game. They scraped together turnovers, a Ronald Jones fumble. He was then banished to the shadow realm. (laughs) Uh, A tipped screen pass. There was interception. Hail Mary interception. Making Brady's stats look bad. Um, Then the Godwin fumble. The Godwin fumble late in the fourth quarter. The Buccaneers were driving. Brady was looking to close the game. And Godwin fighting for more. He fumbles into the end zone. Dallas, Dak, unbelievable tonight on that ankle. I don't know. Boy, modern medicine. That thing snapped in half 11 months ago. Dak drives him down on his way to 400 yards, but Vita Vea, big old, you dub Husky Vita Vea, wreaking havoc. Uh, He, he makes them settle for a field goal, a Greg Zerline field goal. uh, And Brady, (laughs) it's 2021 and Brady, it's 20 years later and Brady come back. (laughs) He dumps it to Gio Bernard, throws it to Gronk down the seam godwin back shoulder beauty into field goal range for 24 yards cowboys fans yeah that was a push off that was a push off it would have been a close call people are gonna be uh saying that that godwin push off was like epic and obvious but collinsworth pointed out on the broadcast and and you know if you watch football enough that is a really common uh you know they're sprinting forward and they stop as suddenly you know all the momentum carries the corner back so it's not uncommon to see the corner kind of fumble back there if they don't anticipate the the stop um but he did push off he did push off but it would have been a tough call so i'm i'm, I'm riding the fence here but 24 yards into field range brian Suckup kicks it in and brady launches us into the 2021 season with a tom brady comeback time is a flat circle two touchdowns to gronk unbelievable I feel bad for Dallas fans because everyone expected a blowout. The Bucks were favored by a 7.5, but to lose this way is no fun, especially since they had a few red zone opportunities that they lost a few field goals and, and field goals that were missed. <laughs> Greg Zerline. Can we talk about Greg Zerline for a moment? Saints fans are like, what the heck? Where is this wobbly, Extra point missing, shorter shorter than an extra point field goal missing guy. Where was he in the 2018 NFC Championship when he was on the Rams against the Saints when he was nailing 50 yarders over and over again to send the Rams to the Super Bowl? But then he makes he makes that winning kick. But he did play a big factor in their loss, because had he made some of those kicks or been better, uh, um, they may have a uh, uh, game planned a little bit different. So Dallas, no fun to, to to lose this way, even though you're expecting to lose Uh great game. Brady and Dak, they at least for this. First game in the NFL season, we're picking up right where we left off in 2020. We're talking passing yards, 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 403 yards for Dak, 380 yards for Tom Brady. Dallas didn't even try to run the ball. And when they did, it wasn't pretty. So anybody uh, uh, crying for them to run the ball. Why don't you go watch those snaps uh, and tell me why they should have done more. Um, just a great game and God, it's nice to have fans. This felt like the first football game, first NFL game in two years. It was fun. It was nice. I loved having the fans. You hear the passion, the chant. There's a lot of Cowboys fans there. You could hear them whenever Amari Cooper caught the ball. Um, there's a lot of Buccaneers fans celebrating their Super uh, defense season starting here. This really did feel like the first football game in two years. Um, Side note, I I am one of those people who kind of get up during the plays and you know, I'll go get some water, or get a beer or something like that, or I'll walk into the hallway checking my phone and stuff like that between plays. And it's been so long. It's been so many years that I've been doing that that I didn't realize how tuned in I was to the fan sound you can just hear the crowd and the way they are when a snap is about to happen you hear the announcers too and with the fake crowd noise and the no fans last year my rhythm was all thrown off it was nice to come back to it it was nice to come back to it and you started to say why don't you just sit down and watch the game why don't you just i don't know you're gonna have to talk to my mom about that i don't know why i can't do that (laughs) mvp of the game brady brady has to be he is it's 20 years later (laughs) Like I said, Terry Bradshaw, 1992 opening day, throwing 380 and two or three, you know, maybe not those numbers, but, but calibrated for the time. It's, this is unbelievable. And yes, Rob Gronkowski caught two touchdowns, touchdowns number 88 and 89 for his career. He passes up Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, Buffalo buddies. Now he's tied for 38th on the all-time leaderboard. I love stuff like that. So, um, great game couple other notes from the Thursday night game. Um, it was awesome. First of all, Al Michaels and Chris Collins are the absolute best. Just quick love for their uh, call out of there was a play. I think it was in the first quarter, or the second quarter where Brady dropped back. And uh, I don't think it was Lawrence, but it was one of the one of the Dallas linemen hit him hard on the forearm and Brady didn't fumble it. And they brought back the the 2001 duck rule game against, uh, against Oakland in the snow and divisional round. Uh, and Al Michaels says he only loses it when it's a good thing. (laughs) Elite Healy and the rhubarb rhubarb souffle uh, comment at the very end by Michaels. Al Michaels is a gem, a treasure, a national treasure. Enjoy every Sunday night game that we, that we get with this guy. Um, uh, a couple other notes. It is weird seeing Leonard Fournette run with number seven. Anybody <laughs> or or uh, Micah Parsons, uh, the uh, Dallas's I think twelfth overall pick, uh, uh, middle linebacker number eleven. Number eleven. <laughs> this is just weird. These number changes. It's crazy. I, I like it. I'm I'm really happy about it because. I love NFL history, and NFL history to me is defined by decades, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and you know, the 2010s, they have a lot of stuff, a lot of great things going on, but now the 2020s have this quick differentiator, this immediate differentiator. We got all sorts of Middle linebackers with single-digit numbers and receivers with single-digit numbers. Uh, Baltimore Ravens, Patrick Queen, middle linebacker. He's going to be number uh, six. Uh, Patriots linebacker, Matthew Judon, he's going to be number nine. I just like it. It's something different. Julio Jones is number two now. DJ Moore, number three. Deshaun Jackson, the Rams. The Rams have gone nuts on this. Deshaun Jackson's number one. Robert Woods is now number two. Uh, And Jalen Ramsey, uh, uh, one of the best defensive backs in the NFL, he's five. So it's cool. I like it. I'm into it. Uh, That is Thursday night. What a great game. So let's preview week one here. Every Muckle Teal football show Mondays and Thursdays. Follow us on Twitter at M-U-K underscore football. Check out the YouTube channel, YouTube slash Muckle Teal football. We're on Facebook and everywhere. we're going to have shows Thursday night after Thursday night football, Monday night after Monday night football. So we'll react to those games, but also right now we're going to preview week one. So we'll have a couple of uh, uh, usually a theme of each episode and uh, some gambling um, uh, highlights uh, and some fantasy stuff at the end of them all. Um, So Mondays and Thursdays, if something goes crazy or something really exciting happens on Sunday night, uh, then I will pop on uh, for that as well. Just trying to enjoy a season, um, you know, podcasting and video tubing and stuff like that uh this is awesome this this game was so awesome i i am pumped this is exactly why we love football this game brady Dak, all the receivers all the talent on the field all the storylines uh, but it is week one and week one is the the season over reaction we know that um Everybody knows that deep down, some people less, some people more. Some people, it's right on the surface. We know the transactions that happen, free agency, trades, drafts, the no information zone in uh, uh, May, June, and July. We know that this stuff you know, doesn't really matter once points start counting. Some people, it's buried deep down. Like the, like the mines of Moriere, the dwarves dived and delved too greedily. Um, (laughs) Don't know why I'm throwing a Lord of the Rings reference in there, but I have. So once we start getting real information for the first time, it's a real, it's a real whiplash. We, you know, the off season is such an interesting, we got this desire to learn a massive desire to know stuff. We got no information and we have really highly motivated content creators and sports media outlets that have got to come up with something. That's a combination for a really weird mix. Then the fire, so we're just scraping up every little droplet of water that we can get and extrapolating irresponsibly extrapolating. I don't know what metaphor I'm trying for here. Let's try the water one, the water metaphor in the off season. We, it is very dry and every little drop of water is so great and we love it in the season. It is a fire hose. It is absolutely overwhelming. You could drown just trying to watch all, all the games of all 32 teams for 18 weeks. It's a whiplash and week one is the first one. It's the first one where we go. Oh, real data. I got it. It becomes our, our only point. (laughs) Everything from the off season goes off. Our obsession becomes there. And I know we're all going to say it's only week one over and over again. And that's going to be the start of many, many sentences. It's only week one, but what follows that sentence or that caveat is usually an overreaction to week one. So in prep, I thought it would be fun to identify seven areas Seven overreaction hotspots that we need to be aware of before we take this plunge into the lake, into the sound. I don't know what metaphor I'm going for here. It's water. There's going to be a lot of water. Here's some seven areas that we're at risk for some major swings. Number one, the Browns either way, (laughs) win or lose after three years of hype. Well, one year of hype one year of post-hype, and then a year of surprise. Praise for the rosters, all the decisions, Baker Mayfield, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Denzel Ward, the offensive line, Odell Beckham Jr., Jarvis Landry. The Browns are at a point where we've been talking about them seriously for three years, and expectations are no longer uh, to do anything at all (laughs) successful. They've won a playoff game now. Their opponent in week one is the litmus test the AFC juggernaut, three years in the AFC Championship, two in the Super Bowl, it's the Kansas City Chiefs. So how can we not (laughs) determine, like I said, it's a litmus test, how can we not judge the entire Browns season off of this game? When we talk next Monday, and that's the only data point that we have, how can we not say the Browns suck again, they're not ready, or the Browns have made it based on the outcome of this game. It is going to be very hard. It's going to be very hard. I love the Browns. Wonderful franchise, passionate, downtrodden, but passionate. Um, It's going to be one of the biggest stories of the year. You know, really, this is a side note, but now that the Chicago Cubs in baseball won the World Series 2016 and the Red Sox won in 2004, the Browns are really the top possible story, right? Because I'm from Seattle, but no one cares about the Mariners. You know, no one cares about the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, winning after 50 years. The, it's just not enough. You know, the Cleveland Browns are a are part of our culture. They're they're Americana because of Jim Brown, because of Paul Brown, because of uh all the all the history of losing and and losing their team even and the fact that they had Bill Belichick and then they they let him go and Nick Saban. Uh the Browns are that cultural touch point. If they win the Super Bowl, it'll be the biggest story possible on, uh, on par with the 2016 Cubs, the 2004 Red Sox. So it's a big story. We're going to overreact. They got their f- test right on week one. I don't know how not to. I'm just saying it's a hot spot. Number two, Tua Tungavailoa or Mac Jones. One of them is going to win a game this week because they're playing each other. The Dolphins at New England, uh, it's a special overreaction hotspot because not only are they large stories for the season, but they're by playing each other, <laughs> by playing, they're the two Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, Mac Jones backed up Tua in 2019 and then took over in 2020, both high draft picks. By playing each other, they ensure that they are the dominant story. So Tua wins and we get some overreaction. Honestly, maybe some overreaction justice will be delivered because memory will serve. When Tua was drafted in 2020 with a major hip injury and three other leg injuries within the calendar year, we said we were going to give him a pass for 2020. People were saying, oh man, he might not even be drafted early. He was going to be the number one pick. Now he might not even be drafted early because of his injuries. He'll, maybe he'll still have a good career, but it's not going to be right away. And then we totally didn't give him that pass. I mean, how many times this offseason have you heard, nah, I didn't see anything from Tua or I didn't see enough from Tua? He, you know, how many times have you heard that we didn't give him any kind of pass? But one big game, week one, and a win, I'll jog those memories and then it will become the full narrative. Ah, it was just his injuries. It was just his injuries last year. Get hyped again, everybody. So, overreaction hotspot on Tua. Meanwhile, Mac Jones has dominated our last 12 months. I mean, He came in for Tua, dominated the COVID college season, which wasn't really a real season. Hashtag fake season. But what was happening there was not fake. Alabama clearly had real true NFL talent. But then he dominated the draft narratives. Will he be number three to San Francisco? Will he fall? People got him ranked all the way from number one to number 32. Then he wins the job from Cam Newton and Bill Belichick's revenge tour against Tom Brady. Real <laughs> real uh, high media coverage spot right there. Mac Jones wins after <laughs> takes that another step. A real NFL win over the over the Dolphins. That is also an overreaction hotspot. These guys got 16 more games after this. 16 more games after this one. So it's an overreaction hotspot. We're gonna enjoy the Tua and Mac Jones experience, and we're not gonna say one of them is better than the other just because of this game in reality the real storyline in this game is brian flores versus bill belichick or maybe i should say the real story in this season bill belichick's coaching tree sucks brian flores for the dolphins has a chance to be one of those first belichick quarterbacks to have true unique success i'm looking forward to it i'm rooting for him i love i love brian flores and i love the dolphins so I, i like everybody uh number three overreaction hotspot. Zach Wilson against Carolina Trevor Lawrence against the Houston Texans starting their first games week. One's the first real act first real data points. No preseason stumbles from from either of them or really any of the rookies not to say preseason matters, but doing really bad does matter. It's almost more like a hurdle you have to clear. Like, can you can you at least look like you belong in the NFL and yes they all did um Josh Rosen didn't <laughs> we knew we knew from the preseason oops that was a mistake uh so those Zach Wilson Lawrence those are hot spots rookies aren't don't do that good usually sure there are some good statistical ones Kyler Murray in 2019 had 300 yards and overtime um Sam Darnold actually had a decent game. They blew out the lions through a pick six, but then they had a, uh, it blew out the lions, but Joe Burrow didn't do that good. His first game, but ended up having a great rookie season until he got hurt. So, you know, you got to give the rookies, you got to give the rookies, uh, uh, some time. Conversely, number four, Andy Dalton and Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> Andy Dalton at the Rams, Garoppolo at the lions, Starting in front of high uh, draft capital quarterbacks, Andy Dalton in front of Justin Fields, Garoppolo in front of Trey Lance. Heavy is the head that wears the crown of starting quarterback on teams that used a first round pick on a quarterback. Well, that's not as uh, not as uh, uh, beautiful as Shakespeare put it, but it's close. Uh, so the fan base is always going to be clamoring for that that early first-round quarterback. So Dalton and Garoppolo got everything. They, they are lame ducks. I don't care what the coaches say. I don't care that the coaches say, yeah, you know, Dalton and Jimmy G, you know, these are our guys. These are our guys. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> we know what's going to happen. We know that those quarterbacks are the future. The guy playing is not the future. We know that. And you know Fox and CBS going to have their cameras well placed on the facial expressions of Fields and Lance. Every bad play, every three and out, every drive that ends, the murmurs throughout the crowd. They're talking about the backup quarterback. The murmurs on the on TV, probably directly the commentary. They're talking about the quarterback, the backup quarterback. That weighs heavy on Dalton and Garoppolo. It is time for them to play like Alex Smith, twenty seventeen. And what did Alex Smith 2017 did? Was he part of some grand plan, some grand plan to sit Pat Mahomes? No, people try to pretend that it was that, but no, they need to have a career year like Alex Smith did. They need to have a far better season than any other of their, any other in their career. Dalton needs to out, outdo 2015 Garoppolo needs to outdo 2019. That is what needs to happen for them to hold on to this job really through September. Uh, But I do expect them to get a few weeks. I don't think either one of them, Dalton or Garoppolo, deserve the Nathan Peterman treatment where Josh Allen comes in, in in the second half of his first ever game or Tom Savage, who is the quarterback. Tom Savage is our guy. Halftime week one, Deshaun Watson's in for the Texans. So I don't think that will happen. But. The clock is ticking Dalton and Jimmy G. They got to have, they got to start the career career years and it's got to start now. Um, You know, now that I think about it, I'm the one overreacting right now by placing them in an overreaction hotspot. So, well, you know, I didn't say this was perfect. Uh, Number five, the old guy looking like the new guy award. (laughs) Um, This is just something I've noticed from, from just so many years watching the NFL The old guy always looks good in September. It really is a different skill set to play in an NFL season in October, November, and December than it is to play in September. It it really is like to be when everyone's hurt and you're still good and you're still a technician and you're still fighting to the end of the whistle. That's a different skill set than doing good while everyone's healthy and everyone's so running backs who are old Malcolm Brown, Carlos Hyde, pass rushers like Cam Jordan in New Orleans, Brandon Graham in Philadelphia, Chandler Jones in Arizona. Sure, you know, they could have a good game this week and they probably will. You know, it reminds me of every Larry Fitzgerald and Adrian Peterson start of the last few years. Don't overreact. Don't think that they're going to have a great season because it's in anybody, any non-quarterback over 30, talk to me about it on October 1st. Number six overreaction hotspot: free agents. Kenny Galladay in the Giants catches a couple touchdowns. It's not a good signing yet. It's not a good signing yet. AJ Green on the Cardinals—that's a double hot spot. Old guy in September with a lot of rest and new, new stadium. So I, the free agents, you know, you got to see it for a season. There's always some new wrinkle. What if the touchdown was? caught or what if the big game was caught because it was specifically game planned because there was nothing on tape with how they would use them. Uh, The adjustment could come quickly or it could not come quickly. We don't know. So don't, don't overreact to it. Number seven, can we talk about the ultimate revenge game? This is the absolute ultimate revenge game. I cannot think of one like this. Sam Darnold, Panthers quarterback, Sam Darnold versus the Jets. Number three overall pick for the Jets in 2018, otherwise known as three years ago. He's 24 years old. This was the supposed franchise quarterback not very long ago. What is it, 2020? I mean, so three, three calendar years ago. He's only 24. Whatever happens in this game, <laughs> Sam Darnold lights up the Jets. What a mistake. Boy, they really blew it. They should have traded out of the number two pick. They shouldn't have got Zach Wilson. They could have built an offense around Sam Darnold. The problem was Adam Gase. Why did they do this? Uh, that overreaction, it writes itself based on this game or vice versa. Boy, the Jets did right. They absolutely crushed Darnold. The Panthers, what were they doing trying to trying to reclaim this guy? We already saw it for three years. How stupid are they? Let's give it some more time. Let's give it some more time on Sam Darnold, no matter what happens. So that was seven overreaction hotspots. Uh, last thing I want to do for today is a gambling corner. Every week, I just want to pick three uh, three lines or three over-unders or, or something just to, just to have fun, see how I do. I'm not really putting money on this game. That's not legal in the state of Washington. Wink, wink. Uh, so gambling corner, I'm betting the under on the Cleveland Kansas City game. It's at 52.5. I think there's too many good players on these healthy defenses that we're not really thinking about enough. Um, and especially with how the Dallas Tampa Bay game just went, I think there will be a lot of scoring in week one as there was last year, but continuity matters and depth matters. And I think there will be some surprising clampdowns. And, you know, I also think something else that gives me gives me a little bit of hope on this. I know there's a lot of offense. But the Pat Mahomes is in this game, but Andy Reid last week won. He just ran the hell out of the ball, and I hope he does that again. He may do it again. I think he did it on purpose to kind of shorten the game, and the Browns are going to be shortening the game. You know, they're going to be running out the clock, so handoffs, clock turning, points not being scored because the clock keeps going. So, I'm taking the under on the Cleveland, Kansas city game. So excited for that game. That's going to be awesome. Uh, number two, the chargers are favored favored one uh, plus one over the Washington football team, Washington football teams at home. I will take the football team on that pretty heavily. The plus plus one sixteen over the chargers. Justin Herbert has never played uh, a real away game. He's never heard a fan say anything to him. Uh, Maybe that is his problem. You never know. I mean, how many Oregon games did we watch where we were like, What the heck's Justin Herbert doing? Why isn't he good? I thought he was supposed to be good. Um, So I am taking the football team there. And then I'm also going to take third and and finally, I'm going to take the 49ers to cover uh, the largest spread of the week. We're tied for the largest spread of the week. Bucks were favored 7.5. But 49ers are favored 7.5 over the Detroit Lions. They're healthy. Let's enjoy this while we can. I know I disparage Garoppolo, but it is Kyle Shanahan. It's a healthy O-line, healthy D-line. So many talented players on the 49ers, uh, and they are certainly not afraid of Jared Goff. Uh, So, episode one is in the books. Actually, this is episode seven, but week one has begun. We'll be back Monday night after Monday Night Football, probably... um, probably slightly during monday night football depending on how the game is going uh, and to review everything that happens sunday and if something crazy happens sunday we'll be back on sunday so i am miles thank you for tuning in and good night